everybody, this is Vandrina. And this is Joel. And welcome back to the I Died the Day I Loved You podcast. The episode you just heard was The Long Kiss Goodnight from Joel. And now we're going to discuss a little bit about it and go a little bit more in depth about Joel, what he feels about things, stuff like that. So uh, you were talking about there being joy in being my friend. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, you know, especially with being your friend, but just in general relationships, if if you don't have a deep-seated joy, a really good foundation of your friendship where it's easy to communicate because you know you have stuff in common and you come to that person with stuff, if you don't have that, it's much harder, I think. Um, I always tried to build my relationships on this. Uh, there were a couple of girls I dated that didn't really have a very strong foundation. And, and those relationships were really terrible, too. So I, I definitely really wanted to be friends. And to to really foster that in you was really fun. We knew that we were good friends for each other. You yeah. know, it was so from the easy beginning. to be friends. It was friends. very easy and from the beginning. It still is. Yeah. Still is, and then and that's a real joy to me, like to have such a close friend and and to be able to be there for each other. It's just it's been very very nice and very comfortable. Uh, there were many times, especially that year, um, where being your friend was really action oriented, where I had to actually do something um, and support you in whatever it was that was going on. Yeah. And, yeah, there, um, there's something that Joel did for me and my family that we'll get into in a later episode, and that really stood out for us, I think, yeah. And I would have done that regardless, yeah. but at the same token, it really put me up a notch, I think, in a lot of people uh, that you knew. Like I was saying about my coworkers, um, I maybe had like one person, maybe two people, who were my co-workers and also my deep friends. Very few. It seemed a little bit like if I was putting energy into someone at work, and then even if they invited me outside of work, I still kind of felt a little bit like they didn't really think of me as a close friend. They didn't really need me around at all. And I don't mind that so much, but I could definitely tell it felt more and more one-sided with all my co-workers um you know when i try to throw that surprise party for you um (laughs) there was a little bit of give and take and people did kind of show up to some degree i I guess but that was just about it it was very very hard to get people on the same page with me for whatever reason and and yet with you and i there was none of that it was just so easy if I needed something, you were going to be there for me. If you if you needed something, you knew I was going to be there for you. And that gave me a, a very strong sense of confidence and joy. And I, I just wanted to enjoy that. Yeah. I'll say this. From the moment we met all the way up through now, it has always been easy. Like, And we'll get into, you know, fights. We have had fights. Uh, and we'll get into that more on, on future episodes. But... Once we found out what the catalyst for... Because every single big knockdown, blowout fight that we've had was because of one reason. Or one 
Yeah. One re- Let, might as well say one reason. And once we figured out, oh, this is why it's been smooth sailing. It, it, I mean, they haven't had any bumps or hiccups. But I mean, the, the closest thing to a hiccup was the comb falling in, though. <laughs> and that wasn't even an argument. It's like, I'm not going to drink this. I'm, I'm not going to drink this. I don't want to drink this. I'm not going to drink this. I understand. But, I mean, our friendship, like, if you take out the romantic side of it, our friendship has just been so comfortable and so easy. It's just... You know, jeans and a t-shirt and sneakers easy. It's just always comfortable. It's always just... I I haven't felt like I needed to... I mean, I, I've put on... And we'll get into, you know, that in a few episodes. But, you know, I've put on, like, cute outfits and stuff and put on that persona. I mean, you know, I'm still a girl. But it hasn't been like, okay, I have to do this, 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 and this to keep him interested. It's just be. I can just be. And it just makes it so much easier. And the only other couple I've really seen that with is my parents, you know. That's one thing I've always said is that their relationship uh, is a partnership. You know, like, it's been, they, they, it's not like, well, you're the wife, so you're the home, you know, homemaker. And you're the husband, so you go and work all day and bring home the bacon. It's 50-50, and regardless of what it is, you know. They're both washing the dishes. They're both cooking. They're they're both helping me with schoolwork. They're you know, it's always a partnership. I, I can't say my mom was the one who did this, my dad was the one who did that. And so I've always taken that into consideration. You know, and in, in, in our relationship, our friendship has been that way. You know, it's never felt Even like Even with you know, our um work partnership where we actually do photography together. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I'll it's be, totally a partnership. Yeah, you'll be more details, and I'll be more big picture, and you catch things I don't see, and I catch things that you were like, oh, wow, I would have never thought of capturing it like that. And you think that since you were more knowledgeable about taking photos and editing them and all that, because I don't do much of that stuff comparatively, but like when you think about that, it seems like it would be more like 70-30 or something with you being in the lead. But a lot of the time, it's closer to 50-50 or even 100%, 100% because sometimes you're at a wedding That's and what I'm I was at about a totally to say. different wedding. Yeah, sometimes we'll both be shooting a wedding separately and you will shoot like both of us are shooting. So I'll notice you'll do me style shots and you style shots. And I've done that too. I've started doing more rule of thirds, more details, focusing more on the kids dancing around. I'll, I'll, I've picked up your traits and you've picked up mine. And so one of, you know, you can't even tell that it's one of us shooting a wedding. And our class will be like, oh, it was only one of you. Only Joel was there. Only Vandrina was there. You know, and they don't realize. And sometimes it'll be just one of us doing photo and video. And we'll show it to a future client. They're like, wait, that was only one of you? It's like, yeah. But, you know, we've learned from each other. So when we're together, we're bouncing off of each other. But when we're separate, we're using what we've learned from each other to enhance ourselves and better ourselves and we've done that with everything we've done that with the photography business we did it when we were renovating your house you know it's like i for instance oh gosh we did so many projects but okay when we uh, fixed the faucet in the sink for example you know joel was getting irritated because you know he couldn't get his hand up there you know because he had to like unscrew it because it's an older house it's they design a tool called like a faucet 
screw-in tool that's like weirdly designed that's specifically only for that yeah and that's why because you can't get your hand up in that area in quite the ways that you can do in for most types of yeah whatever it is using a wrench on a plumbing thing yeah it's you can't get the leverage that you prefer but you were able to do it when i couldn't because i remember you were sitting there with it you were like i just can't do this just put the old one back on you were just so over i was like wait let's think of this rationally i was like okay this is getting stuck there here and then i was able to twist this and do that and we were able to get it done same thing when we were putting together our futon in one of our spare rooms and we i've had this futon for probably about eight years. years yeah eight to ten years don't know where the directions are lost half the screws so we had to buy screws um i think at home depot because the ones we bought on amazon and walmart didn't fit we had to guess guesstimate the screws we had we didn't have the instructions anymore my dad's like the instructions are somewhere the screws are somewhere i don't know where your mom put them so we just joel and i sat there and we're like okay we have to get a you know 65 millimeter or longer bolt to put it in there and have to put this and then we had to figure out which way it folded you know and everything and we were able to do it and we never got angry with one another you know you had you know you're you were like okay it should be about this long i'm like okay if this is going to be sitting like this then it's going to fold this way and i was like we are ready for the amazing race because it reminded me of the catapult episode where they like built a catapult and they built it wrong and Hit the chick in the yeah, face they, with a watermelon. They built it wrong like three different times. Yeah, it's like every time they build a catapult on that show, it's built incorrectly. But we built it, and when we sat on it, it didn't, you know, snap us in there like a clam. So I'm like, oh, we might be ready for the amazing race. We took our time, we listened to each other, and it worked. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, you know. Now we just gotta. Yeah, this this futon ripped off my leg. Right? It's like, we nope. didn't, it didn't get stuck in there. I was very proud of us. Some but days I sit around it, I get a little worried for a few seconds. <laughs> for like a couple seconds. You're like, oh. It makes a weird, rusty, creaking noise. And it's not even it's rusty. rusty. And none of it should it's be not creaking. even rusty. Well, it's that's probably because the, the bolt doesn't fit tightly, but it's fine. Who knows? You're fine. Did you die, though? Did you die? <laughs> but, yeah, everything with us has been a partnership. And like Futon you said. ate my baby. <laughs> right? And the, what was it? Dingo ate my baby. Yeah. So, oh, let's name it Dingo. Let's not. Oh. And say we didn't. Oh, or what was it? Cuba Chris? Panda ate my face. Yeah, Panda Can we name it Panda? Face. Yes, the futon is now named Panda, and it <laughs> ate my face. Yeah. Joel's face is named Baby, and nobody puts Baby in a corner. Wherever you are, Chris, please come back into the lab. Yeah, Chris, Cuba Chris, you were funny. We liked you. But... We're um, good at the macabre. The what? macabre oh the macabre but uh yeah everything is just really easy it, it's i don't know like he said it's just you don't we don't i don't feel like we have to try we wonderfully filling each other's gaps wherever there are and there's so rarely gaps but it's like if i'm thinking a thing she's thinking the same thing and we come to each other like so did you think of this thing and they're like yeah how did you, was, how did you oh, know? Oh, one of the... This happens so you guys often. Aren't gonna think this so is, often. This is You guys wild. aren't going to think this is big, but I was sitting on the couch eating something, and <laughs> I was about to holler, can you bring me the salt? And as I just took in a breath, I was just like, he came around the corner with his shaker of salt. I was like, how did you know? He's like, you normally like salt. 
just had it. I was like, wow, we are meant for one another. And it's not every day, but it's quite often. Yeah. It's quite often. And then um, there was also was one. Oh, another thing about us, like, we haven't had to go to, like, couples therapy. The closest we had to couples therapy was our friend Rachel, who officiated our wedding. She's a Methodist minister. Hey, Rachel. She, uh, we did premarital counseling because if you do premarital counseling in Georgia, your marriage license is cheaper. So we just did it for the discount. But and a good time. Yeah, we love hanging out with her and her, um, her husband Martin, and you know we got to hang out with them and their kids. But we uh, went over there and we realized we realized we wanted the same thing in our vows. You know, we realized that we had you know the same thoughts about marriage and relationships and. And she went through, like, hardships and expectations, you know, in a marriage. And, and we talked about everything. We talked about religion. We talked about family. We talked about sex. We talked about future children. We talked about all, I mean, and it was, I think she had, like, 13, 12 or 13 different bullet points that we hit on. And it was really, it was really good, really thorough. But we also realized we're, we've been on the same page. But, I mean, when we got married... Spoiler alert, we're married. Um, We got married, but you're going to want to hear how it got to that because it wasn't an easy road. Um, When we got married, uh, we had been together eight years. Yeah, eight years. So I just... I... I mean, we've had almost every conversation that can be had, and yet you still there's still things that you don't know. About. I didn't know that Tiara met your parents the day her mom passed away. Yeah, you know, and then like there's even questions I've asked Joel that I have never asked. Like we were, I was just in there. I was like, you know, I have a question I've never asked you. He's like, oh, okay, go ahead. I was like, you've always wanted kids, right? Yeah, but you didn't want to have sex until you were married, right? Yeah. Well, why didn't you donate your sperm in college for extra money? I. I don't know. <laughs> it was a question I had never asked him. And that he still, judging by the look that y'all can't see, doesn't have an answer to. But it's a weird thing like to think about your kids being out there in the universe, but you, you really don't even know. I mean, they might just look at your face and, uh, you know, look at the things that, that make you who you are and be like, yeah, we're just going to throw this in the trash. I mean, people lie on those applications all the time. Or a lot of these fertility doctors will just... Anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. That's a big tangent. <laughs> that, that, there's documentaries Out of all on the that. tangents. That one's pretty crazy. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't had to go... I mean, we've as of the recording of this, we've been married four years, a little over four years. And we haven't had to go to any counseling, any therapist. It's just, you know, I mean, our biggest thing is like, take out the trash or help me get this sock out of the vacuum or something, you know, crazy that happens. But we haven't had to be like, our, our marriage is, is, you know, is hitting a rough patch. And I'm so blessed about that. Because you grew up where your parents considered divorce. You said that your mom considered divorcing your dad right yeah she just felt like she was doing all the things and i think that's the most dangerous thought in a marriage is when you think i do everything yeah if you ever have that thought just stop because you're just ruining your your own 
like perspective of everything. Yeah. And maybe encourage that person to do more, perhaps. But even so, it, it's just almost impossible. It's just like that thought alone can just destroy a friendship or a relationship so fast, so hard. Yeah. Yeah, my parents never did the counseling or anything either. I remember uh, my I had asked my dad a few years ago. Uh, my mom was in the hospital and, and I had asked him it was I think it was either before we got ma- engaged or right after we got married it was either 15 or 16 and I asked him oh actually it was 15 I remember it was 2015 and I asked him uh, when did, <laughs> sorry I was should I say how we got on this conversation or save that for another day we can save it for another day okay so I'd ask my dad, you know, when did the honeymoon phase end for him and my mom? And he looked at me, he's like, it hasn't ended. And at that point, they had been together over 40 years. So I was just like, wow, you know, you've been together four decades and you're still in the honeymoon phase. And, you know, I, that's just, that's why I say I've modeled our marriage in my head off of them. Like, just, they are so strong together. And, uh, it's, it's, it's something to be in awe of and. I'm I'm really blessed that, you know, I have a good model to follow. And it reminds me of something else that you said in here uh, where you're talking about, like, the levels of a relationship. And you had said something where it's like you enjoy their company, you want to kiss them and date, you call it Blunderfest. So that's after you form the bond of a friendship, which you and I formed day one. Day one we had that friendship. Um, so when did you realize you wanted to date me? Cause I, pro- I realized it a couple, probably a couple weeks in. When did you realize that you wanted to date me or at least the possibility of dating me? Um, the day I decided to kiss you. Okay. So it was all just that same day. Yeah. And a few weeks later I had decided to, to marry you. Now mind you, he says that, but he did not ask me to marry him. Like. Even though in January 2008 he decided he wanted to marry me, it took him another eight years to actually pull the trigger and ask. But, uh... And it's really bizarre. Like, the one of the pieces of the puzzle that you, the audience member, may not know, Vandrina is a person who says, especially to someone who is actually paying attention, I don't care about relationships as much as I care about my career. And that was once upon a time. Her parents encouraged that behavior. So, to some degree, and maybe maybe less so than it probably should have been, but to some degree, I was waiting for her career. And she also always said, I want to fall in love with the right guy before I blow up. So she wanted her career to be in the right place. I didn't want a to guy to use me married. for my money. Yeah. But she also didn't want to be super famous and rich. And then the guy maybe is like just, you know, trying to get laid and get money yeah. without thinking. Yeah. Which happens a lot on Maury, actually. <laughs> All those guys, they're like, they fail that question so hard. So are you just living with this woman just to have a place to stay? You said no. You said no. Like, to determine. You're lying. That was a lie. That was a lie. <laughs> so so yeah. often. Weird. Yeah. But Especially if it's like an older woman, younger man. So, know? in a lot of respects, before we got to dating, 
I wanted to solidify friendship and I wanted to make sure that there was no confusion. Just like I said that, you know, hey, I don't want to kiss you until I know for certain. Are you still dating Ernest? And you couldn't really answer that question. Hey, at least I didn't lie and be like, yeah, we're broken up. At least I didn't lie. You, you wanted to say so badly, oh, yeah, that's over. <laughs> but in your heart and in your head, you knew that wasn't true. And so you told me the truth. And you immediately broke up with him a day later. So just like that, I didn't want to start dating immediately for, like, for real dating, be boyfriend and girlfriend with the, like, weird world's ex- expectations of getting married in, like, less than eight months. Um, which we'll talk about some more later. But it's like, I wanted to make sure that you and I both didn't feel that when we started dating that there was any chance of it being some kind of rebound or anything. Yeah, and you did say that. I you were was, like, I don't want you to think you're a rebound, and I appreciate that. I almost proposed to Tiara. Yeah, I was I very, know. very serious about Tiara. I was there, I know. Now, I don't know if Tiara was very serious about herself. Because she went through a lot in the last couple of years, but she was still finding herself. And you know how you are when you're at that stage, when you're not, like, immature, but you still don't know precisely who you are. If you marry someone and then find out you're this other person, it could be so weird. and such a huge, dramatic change. You might not even want to be with that person anymore. And I felt very strongly that Tiara was still trying to figure those questions out. She had a lot going on. She had thought about maybe moving to, like, Africa or Australia or something. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to just do that with her. Um, And those kinds of questions made me worry about my own seriousness about our relationship. But, like, she really genuinely didn't know what she wanted to do. Um... And she was right at that age of, of not knowing. It was it was reasonable for her. But at the same token, I was very serious about Tiara. And when she kind of sort of half-heartedly broke up with me, I felt like she wasn't taking us seriously. And I just didn't want to dive into a relationship with you. I, I really think that that was the smarter choice. And maybe I waited too long. But I definitely felt like it was the appropriate amount of time. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, she was young, so it's understandable why she didn't know and you know was still figuring herself out. I mean, some people figure themselves out into their fifties, their sixties, so that completely makes sense. Now, another thing you said in your post was, "I didn't know why Vandrina liked me," and to be honest, I'm not fully sure. So, tell me why you liked me, and I'll tell you why I liked you. Well, I liked your personality. I liked that we were friends. But I also liked that you loved God. I liked that you loved family. And I obviously wanted a family. You know, that was a huge thing. And you matched my list. I know I know that when I wrote that, I was thinking about what I knew back then. And I did know about your list. But I wasn't 100% certain how much I matched the list. I think you reminded me many like a year later or something. But you you match my list. I, I wanted someone who I could laugh with. I wanted someone who was really smart. I wanted someone who liked me. 
and you know I wanted someone who was into God. That was my list. Pretty pretty short really. But but genuinely I made that list up back in middle school or something and and it was a really really important list. Being friends was huge to me and it was so easy being your friend. Um it definitely makes that list seem a little sillier like I could have been more relaxed on the list on some issues with you comparatively just because I liked you so much as a friend but at the same token you're very beautiful so I really really liked you in that way and I'm, I was very very attracted to you well thank you I'm trying to learn to take compliments graciously <laughs> so thank you for the compliment yeah I mean like I said you and I clicked from the beginning and you fit my list too. I had a list from, I think I wrote, I, I either wrote it in middle school or high school, but you know, you, I, yeah, I mentioned it in my post. You were Christian, virgin, love God, loved your family. You know, you had all that stuff, fun, spontaneous, made me laugh. Um, Woo. What else? I mean, you just, everything. And, I saw how you were able to interact with my parents. So, and that's, that's important to me because my parents are my family. Like I have plenty of cousins, but I didn't grow up with them. So it's not like what most people where their cousins are like their siblings. So I, I saw that you, they didn't hate you initially, you know, from the jump. So that's a great thing. Um, and you were there for us when we needed you, you know, later in the year. And you've proved that time and time again over the decade. But, um, yeah, I think just the fact that you hit all these things. And as I, over time, met your exes, I realized it was all true. You know, it wasn't like you did. It wasn't like you said, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a virgin. You know, this and the third. And then I meet exes of yours. And I'm like, I slept with him. Or we had a kid. Or, you know, something. It, everything you told me, I never learned that you were lying about it or anything you never had an alter ego or you know another personality or anything it's like you and your dad both do dad jokes and your sister adored you and you grew up in church and you know your high school girlfriend wanted to have sex with you on prom night you said no she got mad went off to indiana or whatever and became okay anyway (laughs) you get what i'm saying like she came very promiscuous i was gonna call her out her name but that's what she called and told me anyway yeah well straight kids straight from the horse's mouth so you know i was gonna say something rude i'm not gonna do it anyway so you know i i love that you not only hit every expectation on my list but that you weren't a liar for lack of a better word i guess you know because guys will say anything to get in a girl's pants like this one girl i went to high school with she was dating this guy i think we were i think we were june we were either juniors or seniors and she dated this guy for a full year he didn't go to our school uh but he was either a year or two older dated him for a year and her you know rule was i'm not going to have sex with him until we've been together at least a year because then i know he's with me for me 
I guess he got wind of this. I don't know. And then on their one year anniversary, I guess they started dating junior year and yeah, senior year. You know, she finally uh, had sex with him. I don't think she gave him her virginity. I don't know. I can't remember. But anyway, she slept with him on their one year anniversary and he broke up with her like within three days. And I remember she was devastated. And so over the years, I haven't seen anything play out where you've told me something about you and the opposite has occurred. And I'm so thankful for that. And I've been looking, my parents have been looking, everyone who cares about me has been looking. And unless you are like the greatest con artist of all time, you've lived up to your expectations. So I'm really happy about that. And the other thing is, is probably easier to say is like, it wasn't like you were holding back. You let me know how much you liked me. And, and you could have used that people, to your advantage against exactly me. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Other people could have tried really hard to use that to your advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And you never use it to your advantage. And like you were talking about, you know, heading into the full-on relationship and you end up engaged and possibly married in a year and how you're not sure, you know, you know it's crazy. So, it could work. Let, let me remind everyone, maybe, about Sarah Duggan. So, I knew this girl in high school, Sarah, and I'll be really brief, but um, we were really, really close. And then a few years later, um, somewhere halfway through college, I saw her again, and so we dated for six months. Well, in less than a year's time, she was married to another guy. In less than a year's time from me dating her, she was married to a different dude. And I introduced them, so I know exactly when I introduced them. It was on my birthday or somewhere thereabouts uh, in March, uh, which I think it was his birthday too. And um, I wanted to go and hang out and see uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide movie. Oh, yeah, fantastic movie. Martin fantastic Freeman and Most Def. Oh, and I just movie. knew that both of them would be interested. So I invited them, and they came, and they met each other that day. And they got married very shortly after. Um, it was just very quick. But for some people, that might that might work. I really don't know. I, I haven't met too many people who got married that quickly where it worked so well, but it worked for them. Uh, I, I don't think that worked out so good for my brother. Yeah, so Sarah, you know, had that. My parents, we'll, we'll get to your brother in a second. My parents were similarly. They met and within a year were married. And, you know, half a century later, you know, it, it worked for them. So... Some people it can work, but then, like you said, your brother, he met a girl in what late? Tw- when did Tommy die? When did your granddad die? Uh, January fourteenth, twenty fourteen. Okay, so he met this girl, I guess, late thirteen. Started dating her on your birthday, and we're gonna go into more details about this. In uh, spring fourteen, they got married. Autumn twenty fifteen. And according to what she's publicly written about their relationship, he filed for divorce the day they got back from their honeymoon. And he, you know, they've, she's wrote about it. They've gone on TV about it. And basically he's still to this day, from what I've seen, unhappy with their marriage. So for some people, the short time frame works. You know, some people you should go through all four seasons. And it's not just a literal summer, spring, fall, winter thing. It's a seasons of life, you know, death and life and love and hate and breakups and get back together. 
I feel like that's pretty generally impossible, though. Weirdly, I think we, we really came close. Like, yeah. We went through death together before we got married. We, we went through so much before we got married. It's wild. But at the same token, it's like, yeah, we probably could have gotten married sometime earlier and it would have been fine probably yeah absolutely but at the same token it's like i very highly encourage but we waited going through some seasons with people. we waited and <laughs> though we saw we ended up going through seasons that have changed the whole course of our life and our relationship together and these and are not doing that those things that happened to us i mean those have been that would just be so much harder yeah it would have. We would we not. We weren't there for each other. We would as not often be recording this podcast, been. possibly. But it it really, it just shows that some people it works, some people it doesn't. And I think a lot of people are realizing that with this pandemic, when we're recording this, uh, we're currently in a global pandemic, uh, and a lot of people since the pandemic started have filed for divorce or have separated because they realize, oh my gosh, I do not like being with you. I don't love you. You know, they're breaking up. And so... And seeing you every day is irritating. Exactly. They're irritating. And that's really confusing in a relationship. Like, if I didn't see you every day all the time, I, I don't know. I would be confused yeah, and I have frustrated. To talk. I would be more frustrated with not seeing you. Yeah. I have to at least talk to you every day. Yeah. Not talking to you. It's like, uh but Like, when I drove cross country by myself, and it was like, I called you and my parents every day. But, yeah, it just shows it. It just depends on the couple, I think. Like like you said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It so far has worked for Sarah and Andrew, as far as we know. I mean, we haven't talked to them in a while, but it worked for Sarah and Andrew. It worked for my parents. It, I mean, your brother is still legally married, but if I was married to a guy, went on a honeymoon with him for a week, we argued the entire seven-day honeymoon... And then he, we get back from said honeymoon and he files for divorce. And I, you know, he comes from, from, you know, I go in the kitchen and I see the divorce papers on the kitchen table. I'm never going to think he loves me. I'm never going to think he, even if you go to all the counseling in the world, even if Yolanda Van Zandt and Oprah fix my life or whatever the show is, I would not fully trust him. It's, it's right up there with once a cheater, always a cheater. It would just be hard for me to believe. It's like, you tell me every day how much you don't love me and how much you want to divorce me. Why should I believe you now? Because we went and sat in somebody's office on a couch and said what we don't like about each other? I don't know. Some people, I mean... And maybe that's... I mean, I have to imagine in my extraordinarily optimistic brain that because God can forgive, then maybe I can too. Yeah. That's but true. But even though I love that philosophy, I will always remember that Jesus said of his parents and his siblings, I don't have family. Yeah. Really a weird, shocking moment in the Bible. So if you really look into that, you really think about it, you know, there, there's forgiveness for someone who really you can trust, I think. But if they reject you 100%, I don't think that it's necessary. It's not... It's not required at that point, I think. Yeah. It's just different strokes for different folks. and I mean, it's... Everybody is different. You, I don't... I wouldn't have... 
we'll, we'll get into the whole proposal later, but I'm glad that we slowly built our friendship. I, I think we went at the right speed. I'm, I'm thankful you didn't kiss me when I was still quote unquote with Ernest. I'm glad I didn't make a move on you, a physical move on you when you were still with Tiara. I'm glad we both respected each other enough for that. I'm glad you made sure, you know, after the fact. And I mean, and then once we did, it was physical chemistry. It's like, oh, I actually like kissing this person. Fantastic. You know, and then we started to build our relationship and learn more about each other. And, you know, there were several things that happened between that first kiss in January and the several months later when Joel actually officially hacked me. So during the whole exclusively non-exclusive phase. And I think now is a good time to stop so we can tell them about that more next time. And we can go a little bit more into what happened after our first kiss. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, a lot happened. A lot happened between there. There was a trip and there was, you know, more stuff with the parents. Whatever happened to May? Oh, May is weird. May is not a person. We're talking about May the month. I still don't know what happened. I don't know. We were mad at each other for like a whole month. But I will say that, yeah, it's all, we don't know why. See, that shows something about our relationship. But I will say this about May. Our friend Tori saw us kissing. She worked with us and she didn't tell anybody. She was like, huh, you two, huh? All right, cool. And then walked away. And also she is currently, as we're recording this, giving birth right now because she's texting me. And so, um, hey, I baby. just, <laughs> we just want to say, oh, she said the rodeo hasn't started yet, so, <laughs> but she's being induced. But by the time this airs, the baby will be here and happy and healthy. So hi, little baby, Inslee, little baby, Tori and Ryan, we already love you. Um, but yeah, so we're jumping ahead. We're jumping all over, but it's not going to be as bad as an episode of Lost. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode and I'm going to go and text with my friend and text with her through this pregnancy journey of hers and make her laugh all night as everything starts to happen down there so until the next time for the i die the day i loved you podcast this is vandrina and this is joel and we will chat with you next time bye as joel waves (laughs) bye